I forgot to promote my Your goddamn show. show. What time is the show at? I don't know, Seven, 8 probably. 8.30. <laughs> Just go to the Facebook page. You'll yeah. see the details. Uh, January 25th at New Hope Cinema Grill. That is a Saturday night. Get it. Get it tight for Saturday night, January 25th. That's what you're supposed to do. Rhyme yeah. for. Oh, yeah. The alliteration and the rhyming. Yep. Yep. So get it tight for Saturday night. And we're going to see you January 25th at New Hope Cinema Grill. Get it tight for Saturday night. And I'd love to see you. It's going to be me and nothing but a bunch of killers to open for me. I'm going to try to really stock it with just all comics that I really like and that I think are really funny. And uh, it'll be a great show. So I'd love to see you there. all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Look out. There's an episode of Profession Confession coming right at you. Hey, guys. This is uh, your host, Gabe Noah. And with me, as always, is the caramelicious, complected, uh, silky smooth, <laughs> Car- uh, uh, Tevin Pittman. Yeah. Hello. Say hello, yeah. Hello, hello. Um, this week's episode, we had... Um, we had the Crime Beat Reporter, which is an episode mm-hmm. that I wanted from the beginning because I was a wannabe novelist and uh, journalist, all that shit. So yeah. this is fun to live vicariously through her. And best of all, she was a Crime Beat Reporter in San Francisco. Yeah, which, uh, which was like the mecca of gay guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many things. Yeah, but yeah. And uh, so it's just a great whatever crime city. Look, all the Dirty mm-hmm. Harry movies, right. San Francisco and, and all that. Yeah, I don't know. Good city for it. So. Um, her name was Christy Bell Camino. Yep. I said that right. Yeah. Christy Bell Camino and had a blast with her. If you like the, um, the, who's that gal who I loved as well? Oh, the, from CNN flight attendant, C- not flight attendant, not flight, flight, flight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fuck is her name? Jesus Christ. Whatever. If you like that episode, uh, air trap, she would like investigate, uh, plane crashes and shit yeah, like that. The, Yep, like why they... Very well-received episode, and I'd say this is very similar in that, where it's like, it's just a great conversation, solid the whole way through. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, insane moment, but it's all good. No, it's it's gonna, all yeah, it's just really good. Yeah, yeah. And she's a, she's a great guest. I would have her back in a second. And, in fact, we probably will, because um, she didn't tell me some shit, like, stories that she broke that I found afterward. And I'm like, yeah. what? How do we not talk? She was one of the first reporters to, to break that Flight 93 for 9-11. Oh, Like, yeah. that, that was a passenger insurrection and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's she's got chops, baby. Um, and she's also an accomplished novelist, Harper Collins, like not just a whatever. She's a she's a real novelist. We were honored to have her yes. on our piece of shit broadcast <laughs> that we do. Um, so, yeah, so enjoy the episode. Uh, before we get to it, I just want to say thank you to our patrons. Uh, today mm-hmm. I posted pictures of um, last week's episode, um, the... Uh, infamous Campbell. rape yep. sort of episode, which really good numbers on it. Not have not heard a ton of like, 
remark like in person i have yeah. i've heard a lot in person because all really I positive i think it's hard to post online yeah oh i liked the rape episode love that rape episode. <laughs> yeah yeah to another rape episode but i'm very interested to see what people think because um she reached out and she is very uh she would love to come back and it's because she's really upset how she was new to camming then oh, okay. so she's very embarrassed of her numbers and she has a lot yeah, more experiences defend her yeah, which I remember when she was in, and I was like, what's the most you've made or something? Like, a couple what? thousand dollars. Yeah, and I was like, what? Really? Fucking made that doing well comedy. Nine to five <laughs> right, exactly. This is not worth it. Yeah, so so there's that. And then um, for this week's episode, we posted an outtake video that I think is 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 good. Yeah, and then pictures, pictures of the uh, people that we're talking about, mm -hmm. which we will put on the Facebook, too. We just put it as a uh, sort of, of a pre, it's been up for a minute here. So, I mean, that's going to be sort of the benefits. We want to put some focus on uh, Patreon. So we're now finally have time, like we always say, but God damn it, we do. So, uh, which I want to thank some of our patrons. I want to thank Rexanne Ortiz is our most recent one, which I got to say, I was trying to make her profile picture larger. It looks like an attractive woman. Um, I only hope she can't see me, but anyway. Or my wife. And let's see, who else? Uh, say another one. Oh, we got the great, the great Antonio Forehand, which is he's actually a legendary masturbator. Um, I don't know that, but I love the name. Yeah, that's his real name, Forehand. I was yeah, that's, I think, four, well, Forearm would be, I think, more legendary. He'd be better at it, yeah. yeah more productive. Um, I'd like Justin Gillette, Kristen Jenkins, Matthew Mose. The man with the most, Tasha Dow, Tim Hagestoon, who's I, I slept over at his house <laughs> when I was a youth. So thanks, Tim. God damn, good to hear from you. And Alex Prisure. And I'll thanks other people later. In person, you get a free T-shirt if you sign up, even if it's two bucks a month, if we have your size. Yeah, and I was saying, if yeah. we overlooked no. you in the T-shirt delivery system, reach back yeah, out. Message us, because we definitely did not mean to overlook you, and we'll get those out to you. And then you have the chocolate unicorn's word on that. Yep. And then um, also, if you um, are looking to record a podcast or you know anyone who is, check out. We've, we're now launching this week the mighty NBC multicast studio. So that's you can record your podcast in our studio. We do it with cameras. Uh, you can have four cameras live switched, live edited, all this stuff. Or you can just do your audio. So reach out to us. That's NBCMulticast.com. Yep. Or... Or really, our Facebook page is just as good. Yeah. And uh, you can find that through Profession Confession page, which we're putting a lot more stuff on that recently, too. So enjoy the episode. Thank you to our guest again, Christy Belcamino. Thank you to Carmelicious. And thank you to Brittany, the hag who we keep in the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy the episode. So this one, um, I was putting together obituaries on like a Saturday, like just doing grunt work at the paper. And I noticed that there was a husband and wife who had died within 24 hours of one another. I'm like, well, that's really interesting. Yeah. So I called up um, the family that was listed on the obituary and she said, oh yeah, it's a love story. It's my mother and father-in-law. And they were married for like 60 years and she had a stroke and then 24 hours later he had a heart attack. And I said, oh wow, I, I think that's really interesting. Can I do a story? And she's like, yeah, he died of a broken heart. And so I called some doctors and they're like, yeah, that we think that that's possible. I found some medical doctors who said, we believe in that kind of stuff. So the daughter-in-law said, come 
to the wake tomorrow and you can talk to all the kids. They had come over from Mexico, worked in the lettuce fields, put like four kids through medical school, like really interesting couple. So I'm like, this sounds great. So I show up at the wake. I'm the only white girl there. Everyone's looking at me. I'm sitting in the house and they're just like, who in the nut? Can I say fuck on the show? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who is this girl? And I'm dying inside. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And then the sister-in-law comes, oh, you're here, you're here. Let's go. Let's go in the bedroom. Everyone come. And meanwhile, there's this, this woman who is just glaring at me, just glaring at me. And so she's one of the daughters. And so we go in the bedroom and they all start sharing stories and they're kind of laughing and crying. And she's just like this. I am not talking to you. I'm not saying anything. And I said, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be you know, disturbing you. I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to do it. Please don't say anything. I'm not going to even mm-hmm. ask you a question. So then I went back, wrote my story, published it, whatever. So I get a little card in the mail like two weeks later. And it's a thank you card. And it says, hi, I'm sure you remember me. I'm the daughter who was like giving you dirty looks mm-hmm. and told you I didn't want to talk to you. And I just want to say thank you for coming and talking to our family and writing the article about my mom and dad. That is a treasured keepsake in our family now, that article. So I remind myself of that. It's like, it sucks to be in someone's house in an uncomfortable situation. It sucks to ask them about their, when they're in grief, you know, it's horrible. But nine times out of 10, they turn around and say, Oh my gosh, thank you. It was so good to talk to a stranger about that. You know, cause it's easy for them just to spill it to me. Like they, you know, yeah. So that's why I keep. Yeah, it's hard to call. It just lets you know that people matter. You know, I mean, like ultimately people matter. And and was that a regular thing where when you're writing those articles, you go right away to like the wake or sometimes you wait? A few days. Or well, a week, I, I never really been invited to. Right, right. right. I've yeah. never been invited to a week. Oh, okay. Besides that, but what I do have to do, and I still have to do that now for the Pioneer Press, it's like, oh, someone, you know, this person died. You need to do a story. Here's the family number, and I'm just like, God, I don't want to call them. They just found out like their loved one died like this morning and I have to call them. I would think especially if it's like a kid, like your kid died in a unfair circumstance or whatever. That's got to be brutal. And it's really, really hard. And the older I get, the more reluctant I am to do Mm -hmm. it. I've I've been like, I'm not calling them. Um, And and the worst was one of my coworkers, one of um, this gal who'd been in journalism forever, um, her husband died and he was a radio personality actually in the Twin Cities. And they're like, call Lucy up. I'm like, I'm not fucking calling Lucy. Right. I'm not calling Lucy's Lucy. Lucy's going to fucking and they're like, bite my they're head like, off. Yeah. No, and they're like, right. you basically, you know, I knew I was probably going to get, you know, in trouble if I didn't. So I'm yeah. like, well, I'll text her then. So I text, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm doing a story about Ron. And she just was like, oh, give me a call. And, you know, just. Right. You know, she was, she's blue blood, like total ink in her veins journalist. Yeah, she yeah. She was okay with it, but I'm like, I'm not calling her. As someone, you know, I've been cl- the one close to grief before, like yeah, in like yeah. in circumstances, and it is really weird when you're, once you go through your snot and tears, like you know the first hour or whatever, and then the shock and all that. It's yeah. like you, you, I guess you're in shock kind of for a protracted period, but yes. you are sort of glad to talk about it. You know, I mean, in many cases. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it can be. Yeah, it is. You get very uh, like you lose your boundaries in a somewhat gross way. But but it's it's important. Yeah. And I try to be really respectful of that. Like, I'll I will say, you know, none of this has to go in like I'm not I'm not this is not where I'm being a hardcore journalist, like with the cops or a politician. It's like too bad, dude. You said it. You knew I was a reporter. Right. Right. But in that case, I mean, there's a lot of wiggle room. So I was going to ask you that about 
police or that, I think that was one of the sample kind of things that I sent you. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I was curious about that. If you feel like, you know, of course, a journalist is supposed to be um, in like impartial, but working that beat, do you find yourself, you know, I don't know, like uh, rubbing shoulders with cops enough to where you go like, maybe I'm getting too close to their side yes, or yeah absolutely not not nowadays but like in the day you know when i was a reporter in the heyday and i had um a credit card and basically if i was hungry i'd find a cop to, like take out to lunch on the company card like are you hungry I, i'm hungry let's go eat or yeah um i'd go to the bars all the time like all right on me and i and i'd get to know them really well and get to know their families even um their wives and kids and i always had to really watch those boundaries um it was it was tough, and I think like you are when people say, okay, you don't have an opinion in journalism. You always have an opinion, but what you do is you just try to do balance. It's like mm -hmm. okay, and I might have overshot on one side because I know like I kind of side with this, so I might actually give the other side too much. You know, yeah, make. yeah. Like I've uh, yes, done that absolutely. before. Like I remember a police union story. It was the city and then the cop union, and I'm like measuring the inches that each of them got. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I'm just trying, because so I, I, you can't really be impartial, but you can be fair. Yes. You can let both sides have their say. That's well put. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got mad at the, when the Trump FBI stuff came on. He's like, they're biased. They're voted Democrat. I'm like, everyone's fucking biased. Everyone's, you can't like, it yeah. for, through history. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it yeah. doesn't preclude so as, them as a from, journalist, you just try to be yeah. fair and you try to be aware of your biases and make sure it does not, it's not reflected in your work. Yeah. Have you, has there ever been a circumstance where you really had to overcome your bias, like in a very strong way where, where, where it was difficult to do? I, I don't know I don't know if that has been the issue. I have I've had more of a problem with keeping myself um, detached from the story. That's been more my struggle over the years. Like where I've taken it on mm -hmm. and I've become obsessed with it. And I'm like, you know, when I was covering the, this really difficult story for months on end, you know, I was so wrapped up in that world that that basically I just you know drank heavily yeah. to deal with it and you know i'd come home and just drink and smoke and um because i could not handle I it i used to drink heavily when not dealing with much at right. all just because <laughs> right. it was so boring <laughs> so yeah I, yeah yeah i totally I understand just, yeah just coping because i was so wrapped up in yeah. that so wrapped up in the story right and then is this the the serial killer yeah. one that you're talking about yeah and i don't yeah. mind launching into it if you're good with it no we can totally even though i guess you know what we should probably ask a few more of the yeah, like say because especially like when you're talking about going out with cops to like entertain them what was the first time that you went out was it like the, the first time weird? you had sex with a cop like did it feel awkward i was like, married was the whole I, i'm joking i have no idea guy. yeah 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 so boring sorry yeah. and i guess what was your relationship with the police before you Got on this job. Was, did you have a good Well, okay, so what happened was I owe the reporter who was covering the police beat before me. She had really good sources. So what she did is she took me around and she's like, hey, this is Christy. She's good people. You can trust her. I had the introduction and they trusted her and they trusted her read on me and her, her reference. Mm -hmm. And so I already was sort of grandfathered in, oh. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but they were still are wary. They're cops. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. don't burn me. And over... You know, over a couple years, it's like, okay, we can tell Kirstie anything, and she'll basically go to jail before she reveals us as her, you know, her source. I guess, you know, you get close to police to get sources yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. You, and I you assume. You prove yourself to them that you won't yeah. burn them. Mm -hmm. And I assume um, there are guys, like you, 
you know, I know how to finesse people and, and work them. So to where all of a sudden you got a guy who just will feed you info and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Did you have to do that or did you have connections on the criminal side of things in that way too? Not necessarily. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anybody that would feed me information that way. And I, I don't, I don't think so. There wasn't um, a guy with a limp or something who you'd go, no, uh, whatever. No, no. Um, <laughs> But as far as finessing people, you know, I one thing I would kind of pride myself on, and I'm sure you guys yeah. are the same, is just the ability to be a chameleon. So I yeah. would be out with the sheriff and his top commanders at a really fancy, the fanciest restaurant in town, you know, having this really nice dinner and interacting with the sheriff. And he was a really charismatic, powerful sheriff. And then, you know, then I'd be out with the gangbangers on yeah, the street. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, I prided myself on my ability to go from, I'm talking to the sheriff, yeah. dress nicely, mm -hmm. to I'm out there and these gangbangers trust me. Yeah, yeah. You know, to tell their story too. Um, and then the and then the cops, you know, and then they trust me to call me up and tell me when there's a crime or a body. What's your way way into so? Um, for me, the reason I got comfortable with underworld type people is because yeah. I was a heroin addict and yeah, you start yeah. traveling down those court and I was very attracted to it. I like dark shit. Yeah. Um, what was your route into to know you could hang with those people? Because it is a little odd at first. Right. And especially as like a white woman in the Bay Area where there's yeah. like prolific gangs. You know, before I was a reporter, I lived in L.A. and I lived in Amara, speaking of gangs, Amara Salvatrucha neighborhood. Um, like a really I don't even know where that is, actually. Okay. It, MS, the MS. MS-13. Yeah. MS yeah, that's where so I bought my was, heroin um, from. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was in um, South Jesus. South Korea. For real. <laughs> so they control it in Hollywood. Well, I don't yeah. want to talk about this very much, but as yeah. a side yeah. note, I lived with uh, the musician Beck and his family in this okay. really bad, Dope. bad neighborhood. Like bars on the window, bars on everything. Um we would come home at night and we wouldn't be able to go home if the gang members were hanging out. So anyway, so I really? lived in this neighborhood with these gang bangers. I, um, then I moved to downtown LA. I lived above this place called the American hotel. Yeah. Um, and I would wander around. I'd wander under the four street bridge where there's a homeless city. How old were you? Oh, 22. Yeah. 22. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I had already passed I mean, that's, that's ballsy, that yeah. you know, like um, it so, just is. Yeah, so I mean, and when I lived in L.A., like I had black hair, did not, I think I wore Doc Martin boots for yeah, like yeah. 10 years straight or something. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that kind of, you know, now I'm like a really boring, like suburban mom. But for me, I always was in that sort of yeah. underworld. And yeah. I think you nailed it. I was, I've always been attracted to that. Mm -hmm. I've always written about it. I've always, you know, my I, heroes I, were I, people, went, yeah. I did a big, big piece on, um, as a reporter in Monterey on, uh, girl gangs. And I went and hung out with all the girl gang bangers. I think that'd be and the scariest. Badasses. Yeah. 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 And yeah, then, and then I hung out with the homes or I hung out with the gang detectives and I was on the first 24 hours of a murder investigation. I was doing a ride along with them for like a week straight. And, and I showed up one night and they're like, we're going to go do a death notification for a gang. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, just don't say a word. So we go and we knock on the door. And this mom answers the door. We're with the homes, you know, San Jose homicide. Bring me in. I'm sitting there, like this reporter sitting there. And they sit down and they tell her her son was assassinated, gang member shot in the back of the head. And she just broke. Oh and I'm sitting God. there just going, holy 
shit, I cannot believe I'm yes. standing. What am I doing here? Yes. How am I in this house? Like, what is going on? And just he just told me, like, don't time. say yeah. anything. So I'm just petrified standing there. And then I went on the first, like, eight hours. Everywhere they went, his, I was there when they told his pregnant girlfriend, and she's running, screaming through, you know, so this whole thing. Jeez. And then I had to write the story for my big project on gangs. My editor, I'm writing it the night before because I don't know why, and he looks at this. He's like, we can't print this. I'm like, I was there, like this whole eight hours, of, you know, first eight hours of a homicide yeah. investigation. And he's like, you were in her living room and she didn't even know you were a reporter. You can't publish this story. And I'm like, you don't understand. This is the best thing I've ever written. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, you need to um, you need to call her and get her permission. I'm like, what? And so I called up and I'm like, uh, hi. Do you remember that girl who was standing <laughs> uh, in here? Not saying anything. Saying anything while I'm I was reporter. recording I'm everything. Yeah. I'm a reporter and I wrote a story about it and I was wondering if I could have your permission to print it. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. And I said, okay. And so then I ran back. I'm like, I got it. And he's like, nope, you need to get her to sign something. Oh, shit. Oh. And I don't remember exactly, but anyway, the story ran. And, um, and it was good because she agreed that it showed the real side of gang life. Yeah. Like it showed, like you the die. Consequences. You can die. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, I don't know. I haven't thought about that story. Yeah, yeah. Place. Like, did they tell you, like, the story of how the person had died before you got to the house? Or was when oh, they no. told the mom, was that the first that time? That was you the first time it? I heard anything. Yeah. I, just, I was like sitting there, like the fly on the wall the whole night. Yeah. I didn't say shit the whole yeah. night. I was like, okay. Was it hard to hold your reaction of hearing how he. I think I cried. I think I cried because I'm watching his mom and dad yeah. on the couch breaking oh, devastated. down, like it's devastated, fucking hearing devastating. that yeah. for the very first time their son's dead, and I'm just over there like, what am I doing here? This right. Is, this is crazy cool and crazy awful at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. What? And, what? Um, when you work the crime beat, yeah. It, you know, of course, my um, access to this is through like movies and shit like that. So I assume you were wearing a brown hat or whatever with a little press thing in it but uh you go to pay phones a lot what 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 um you know how do you know where to start on you know of course i'm sure you get stuff that comes over the blotter or, or whatever it is the police the wire transistor what's whatever, it called uh, police radio radio blotter. Scanner. Know, scanner. scanner there you go it's, so yeah. Okay, so you have to keep in mind that, like, I was a reporter in the heyday of reporting. Now it's like, oh, I look at Twitter from the newsroom and I figure out what's going on. Or yeah. I look at Facebook. Mm -hmm. In the day, we had a bank of scanners. And you would have them on at all times. And you could tell by the tone of voice oh. it was, if it was a big deal. Like, you'd tune it. You'd be working and you'd tune it all out. And all of a sudden, you'd be like... That's something going on. Like that cop's tone like is something. They're trying important. to be hushed yeah. or or no, no, they're very or they're, excited, like they're excited or whatever. Or yeah. You can just you started to just pick up on like yeah. the tone. It's like, oh, this is a big deal. Say, especially because they're seeing the worst of humanity every day for and them so to then them, all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 And so and then the first call is like you hear it. My I look across the newsroom, my first call is over to photo, and the, me and the photographer run out, and then we've got the scanners in our car. And then we go to the crime scene. We like, you know, run out and then. So you truly like drive up when they're like pulling the tape across the zone, oh, yeah. sort of thing. Oh and yeah. Uh, really. If you if if you're really tuned in, like if you catch it early enough, yeah. yeah. And then at that time you could get all their secret channels too. Like going to channel two, you're like, yeah, I got that, you know. And then you see. That, what, I was going to ask saying. you that. Like, but I mean, if they tried to evade you a that. lot. Yeah. Now you can't really do any of that anymore. Really? Well, they like Minneapolis just went completely dark where you can't. You can't listen in on them anymore. No shit. Mm -hmm. Oh my grand! Thank God my grandpa's dead. He'd be devastated. <laughs> oh, He'd sit and listen to the scanner. Yeah, oh, he just sit yeah. at his house and yeah. yeah. So yeah, so you just and that's what I loved. 
well, it's I still love it about, you know, I'm part time now, but I loved about the beat is I walk in and it's like I have no idea what's right. going to happen that day. Like there have been times where I've walked in and like I've been on an airplane two hours later, like because yeah. something broke and you know, something in a different city. Really? Mm -hmm. Just I suppose they had the budgets then that you could go cover oh, yeah. shit There's like that. There's lots of money then. Yeah. What's an example of something you'd go cover? Like, you know, oh. like, I mean, on that kind of whim where it's like same day. Right. Wheels well, up in five yeah. minutes. Yeah. So one of the one of the times that, you know, and I learned to keep like a suitcase in my car. But one of the most memorable times was the covering this missing little girl case. And I was up at the police station and we pretty much hated TV reporters like newspaper and TV usually hate each other. Yeah. Um, but there was well, one guy, you I guys, really, one guy I really trusted. One, and one we, group's ugly. And then the other, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, exactly. One group's on right, camera. Right, right. You go like, yeah. yeah. There's a reason we are not on camera. Well, so, one, also one group's smart and one group. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. The smart. Ones. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. rather be smart. No, that's what. So, yeah. uh, and the, so there was a TV guy I really liked um, uh -huh. and he, we wouldn't necessarily feed each other information, but we were and for whatever reason, he's like, I would be on the next flight to Washington State if I were you. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. So I call up my editor, uh, Mark from Channel 4, just said, and, and uh, they're like, what's it about? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, go. So me and a photographer went, and they had thought that this little girl's body, uh, the landfill ended up in this giant, the trash and this Bay Area ended up in this giant landfill in Washington State. So pretty much there were like six reporters already on the plane, photographers. And then by the end of the day, there was like a whole nother like eight people from the Bay Area, eight Associated Press, everyone. And we land and then we go, I think it was like six hours from the airport or something in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, you know, she think well, she was ended up, we did end up finding, they did end up finding her body in california right. but she wasn't okay. there yeah so yeah. that was so then we just came we all went home went to the bar stayed in like some podunk town and flew back the next day how much money did you make as a beat reporter back in that day then oh, you know or or like nothing. someone like that yeah yeah nothing um you know i have a degree a college yeah. degree in journalism mm -hmm. and like my first job in white bear lake in 1993 i got fourteen thousand dollars a year wow. and that's I don't, much worse than i thought <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i don't think like it, you we know should have never done got, comedy. Never, the same. yeah right yeah, yeah. right maybe, maybe yeah maybe better in comedy yeah um yeah so i never so i left in full time in 2003 and i i wasn't making a whole lot yeah, I mean, you don't go, you don't go into it for the money. You do it for the. You do I, it I mean, you tell the story and get the. You have to be passionate about telling the truth. And was it an adrenaline rush for absolutely. you? Like, I mean, just like like a daily kind of thing. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. is it something you feel like you got pulled into? Like, as a stand-up comedian, yeah, yeah, you go in, especially when you're new, you get pulled into this scene and you're meeting all these people and yep. it's so fucking intoxicating and you're yeah. you get a charge of being on stage and all of a sudden everything else in your life. Like really, like even your old friends who are your best friends, it's like you're not, you're sort of like losing track as all these super interesting new people that I'm with. Like it's a, like it, I'm not going to say it's healthy at all, but it, yeah. I absolutely remember being so sucked yeah, into it's it. A, it's you its know? own world inside of. It is world. its own world. And the newsroom is in the day was the absolute best place to be anytime anything exciting is going on the, in the world. You want to be in the newsroom. Yeah. Um, it is the place where. You can stand up in an office situation and just start swearing and, and mm -hmm. you know, just like, fine, and, and having a fit. No one will even look up. Yeah. No one will even look up. Um, 
it's a crazy fun place like when it went when it was i mean now it's like got the, all the millennials are like I, quit, shut up quit talking and they've got like white noise machines and yeah, yeah, yeah 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 really yeah i hate now. millennials it's too so, so don't worry it's no so stupid. <laughs> but um but in the day it was a really rowdy high energy place and you do get sucked into that world and it's not that I thought like everyone there was so interesting, but it is an adrenaline rush. Yeah, it's it's a certain breed. Of well, even people. boring people are like, to me, like comedy attracts sociopaths. <laughs> like I mean, in some <laughs> sense, right? Or narcissists. And so everyone's a weirdo in their own way. I'm not saying they're interesting, great. <laughs> they're like, yeah. geez, look at this fucking weirdo. Yeah, right. You know, right. I just, I don't know. It's vibrant in a sense, I guess. It is. So that's yeah. But I mean, also my beat, like I. I could not stand if they wanted me to cover like a school story or a government story. It's like, right. no, no, I can't do it. I need breaking news. I need yeah. like fast paced run out and do it. Even now I'm really rebellious against that. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. That's boring. Did you ever feel um, like where you have to check yourself and go like, am I um, sensationalizing or like a leech on this horrible part of our culture? I guess. I don't know. Or, you know, no. like, because people are in um, crisis, you know, and you're there yeah. with, your, with yeah. your pad, yeah. you know, like. Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. But it's, it goes back to that whole reminding myself sure. of the why. Like, mm -hmm. why am I doing this? It feels really icky right now, but I know that there's a purpose to this. I know there's a reason I'm doing this. Um, and I will back off in a heartbeat if somebody has resistance. Like I, one of the worst things I ever did here in town was um, a filmmaker uh, killed himself and his family in, in yes. his house. I watched that documentary. So I, Oh my God. What, it's, this? it's called gray state. Yeah. Okay. That, and it's, it's yeah, a yeah. fucking, I was actually going to reach out to the investigative guy from Fox oh, about okay. that because I saw he was very involved in that. I, or at least to some degree, it seemed well, like when that story broke, um, I had to report on it and it was like that morning or something. And I called our mutual friend. I, he will remain nameless. Yep. The guy that you mm -hmm. said, you know, the filmmaker mm -hmm. in town, you know. And I said, did you know this guy? And he's like, no, no. And he goes, but this guy did. He goes, here's his number. You know, call him. And so I called and I left a message. I said, I'm calling about whatever that guy's name was. Mm -hmm. So-and-so. I think I know who that guy is Can you too. please yeah. call me back? And so he calls back. And he says, hey, how's it going? How's he going? How's he doing anyway? And I was just like, oh, man. Fucking God. Oh, oh my God. Which and is I to just set this, like, like, hang on, to set said, the scene for people. He had killed himself and his family and his young, like his, his wife. Children. His children. It's and it's the worst. And they were found I got like goosebumps days now. later. It's, I know. It's, it was, it's it was horrible, horrible, horrible. So like he, sickening. At this point, he doesn't know. He right. calls that back. He's happened. like, oh, you're calling about him. Right. What'd he do now? What'd he do now? What'd he do now? Something like that. What'd he do? Yeah. It was something like that, and Funny I was just like, happened. and I just said, oh, my God. I said, I'm so sorry, but he's, he's, he's dead, and I'm so sorry that you had to hear this from me, a reporter that you don't know. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just hang up now. If you want to call me back, you can. I'm so yeah. sorry you had to hear this from me. And I just like, out. I'm exit, done, boom. He calls me back. He's like, what about the kids? And I'm like, oh my god. Oh, because he had asked, did they? He's like, did they? He, this he said, how did and he die? He said murder suicide. Little kid. He said yeah. murder suicide. And then we hung up. And then he called back, and he's like, what about the kids? And I'm just like, oh my god. You're making me sick. So I talked to him, and I got off the phone with him. And this is, this, I mean, this is part of being older too. I just sat there and cried at my mm -hmm. desk. I just sat there and wept. I'm like, that was one of the worst things I've ever had to do, like to tell somebody that. Like, yeah. Because, oh, because I forgot his reaction when I said he was dead and that he just 
burst into tears mm-hmm. on the phone with me, just weeping and wailing. And I'm like, oh my God, that's awful. From what I recall, their daughter on that documentary too, is like a super vibrant, beautiful, like little kid. Or, was, you know, it was horrible. Fucking horrible. horrible. Yeah. I mean, truly but, but fucking horrible. But my point horrible. is, is like, I will, I will back off in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. It is not worth any story in the newspaper and that, and that's, to upset somebody like that. Yeah, and, and like as much as I can joke about like finessing and whatever, it's like yeah. to me the reason we we get good guests and we do it is truly because I'm fucking forthright and just and honest yeah. with people yeah. and not you yeah. know like if if we say it's not gonna go in we don't put it in. And oh, we I don't, know. You know, yeah. it, it kills you. It kills you. To, you know, to sometimes do it. Yeah. But was there ever a story like that or yeah. a source like that you had to kill where I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. 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 There were things that, you know, just they'd say off the record. And, you know, if you have any integrity, you just you have yeah. to you stick to that. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to put that in the paper, but I'm not a dick. Do you <laughs> so. ever do, and you how like, hard? do you level with them? Like, hey, that's a great story. I would love like, is there any way we can put some form of this in there and try to like or, yeah. Did you, know, you lobby them great, or finesse? I'm not a great salesperson that okay. way. So no, I'm. I'm. My tendency is more to back off. Okay. Like, okay. I respect that. That's fine. And We're, especially now that I'm older. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I. I had like I would lobby like in the past when in you know when I was younger I might say, here's why I think this would be important for you to share your story. Like yeah. The, that's what I say. You know, just because, pe- because a lot of people come in right. with those reasons. Right. You know, and right. Then, so yeah, I have said that. Like mm-hmm. okay, I, I understand that. I respect that. But here's why I think it would be important if you change your mind. Yeah, yeah. I also just talking about the autopsy thing. Oh, yeah. So we had a, a morgue person here, and she told oh, yeah. us about, um, she's like, fucking McDonald's french fries. She's like, oh, you can smell those things in, like, when they yeah. do the Y cut and everything. She's You're like, just kidding. the blast of fries. Yeah. She's like, I hate McDonald's french fries that because of it. That is funny. It was super funny. That I thought. is funny. I, I really, like, we should have kept better content. We should reach out to her again. Yeah. Um, the worst is when they do the. Yes. It's like this suction noise when they take the skull off. When she like, oh. so right away, I asked oh. her to take us through that process, <sighs> and she started telling that like pulling that flesh off, and I was just like, "Oh my god, well, shut the, up!" The face comes off like a mask. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes, and then the tongue is like this long. I'm all, "What I didn't... the hell is that? That's the tongue." No, I mean it's not that long. Were you at like, uh, right. Gene Simmons' autopsy? Oh, sure. What? <laughs> what, what um, what, which really I'd be glad that, for him to pass on. But um, <laughs> what, what uh, your first autopsy, I guess, how many autopsies have oh, you Oh, I was going to say first and only. Okay, first and oh, only, yeah. One. I got the gist, yeah. I no, mean, for sure. I, I mean, yeah, I where I mean, were you? Not s- that I'm opposed to it. I just, like, I don't really need to do it again. And it is, like, so obviously as you go for a crime beat, like, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to see autopsies as well. Is that, like, the most out there part of the job that you weren't anticipating? I did that voluntarily, but um, but what is funny? What is funny is that <laughs> I've scarred many, many interns. I'm sure because what would happen is my editors thought it was really funny that I would go to the morgue all the time, and so we'd get like interns, and it'd be like Bel Camino. Meet Tevin. He's the intern. You're taking him to the morgue today. I'm like, all right, let's go. And you're like, what? The? So then we go in, and it's like we're going to the morgue. And the worst one was we were just touring the offices, and then the autopsy doors someone hit the button and they fly open and all there is is a body with the head facing us and it's just like a cracked egg Mm -hmm. like the head is and i just remember that girl just like oh my god (laughs) like i have scarred another intern yeah 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 (laughs) well you're just you're kind of distributing the trauma equally amongst the uh, people what um so 
in terms of seeing, confronting all the death that you saw mm -hmm. and gore and violence and whatever, yeah. um, I had a story. So when I was living in Los Angeles, I had an apartment on like right in Hollywood at Franklin and La Brea. And um, and I was that's is when I was a junkie and everything. So I'd be sitting in my <laughs> smoking off tinfoil like a junkie and whatever. But I heard this huge crash. Yeah. But I'm the dark guy, so I love yeah, like shit. Yeah. And I and I just insert myself into shit that I shouldn't be. Like if a fight starts at a mm -hmm. bar, yeah, you're breaking. I used to, yeah. yeah, like like I used to. I've now learned to kind of shut the fuck up and back yeah. off. But I absolutely yeah. like it. Have to get involved. Yeah. Anyway, so I ran out, heard this big accident, and I sprinted toward and. I was just on it and I was like out of the apartment and there were people trailing, but they were a good 30 yards behind me. And I kind of realized I'm in the lead and I uh, come up on the car and it's upside down Yeah. and it just looks heinous. And I like my sprint just broke into like a jog and then a walk. And then, cause yeah. it dawned on me like, do I want to, to be the first do I want here. to see this? Like, I have no skills. Yeah, you're not yeah. gonna say I'm not gonna tell him a joke. Life. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like lighten up the situation. And, and, and it's like, I just realized that as dark as I think, you know, maybe I am, yeah. that there is stuff that you see that you go like, oh, God, like it, you should protect yourself from that stuff. Did yeah. you have moments like where you get to a crime scene or whatever that really rattled you in a, in a serious way? And then can I re-traumatize you by asking oh, you to tell the story? You know, I'm trying to think if I ever saw, you know, I saw things, but like, I don't know if it ever traumatized me at the time. Um, the thing that traumatized me was, in a nutshell, was that when I was, I think we hinted on me talking to the, the serial, serial killer, killer thing. every yeah. day. Okay, Let's absolutely day. talk. Yeah, talk about that. But the thing that traumatized me about that is that I realized that I'm going in to try to get this guy to confess information to me, to tell me where this missing little girl is, and I'm laughing at him. Yeah. I'm, I'm smiling at him. I'm listening to him. I'm trying to develop a rapport with a fucking monster. Yeah. And I'm selling my soul. Mm -hmm. Like, and that to me is the pos the worst thing, the absolute worst thing. Cause I'd walk out of there and I just, I'd feel disgusting and I wouldn't like smile at him and flirt or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but I'd be like, mm, okay. And I'd act right. interested yeah. and engaged. I never was like, you know, super fake. Like, oh, yeah, but I would, you know, just, oh, okay, well, tell me more about this. And I also was rude to him. Like, I'd be like, I don't believe you. I think yeah. you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're telling me the truth. You know, so I was more, I was myself, but I'm also having a conversation with him. Like, he's a normal person, and he's not. For our listeners to know kind of about the serial killer, what serial killer are you able to say who he was yeah, and kind of yeah. what the so, backstory was? Of yeah, might as well set yeah. it up from the beginning. Okay, and, so. she's got props. So one, uh, you know, the biggest story that I ever covered was, um, a little girl who was on her way to school and she disappeared. She was seven. And and do we want to say her name oh, to put can, it on the thing? Yeah, can, okay. Yeah, because we, we can just, mix that into the we broadcast. Just, um, it was just 20 years on December 7th, I believe. It was 20 years since she was abducted. Uh, so she um, disappeared and she had been raised by this really wonderful family in Hawaii and in Colorado. This grandmother and her aunt had raised the, the little girl as her own because her mother had her in prison. And so they took, they took the little girl and raised her. How old was she? I'm sorry. She I was a baby when they took her. Okay. And I mean, raised to raise her and they raised her in Hawaii and in Colorado. Wonderful, wonderful women, wonderful families, wonderful home life. And then the mom decided she wanted her back and they didn't have any legal rights to her. So she moved 
the little girl moved to to Vallejo in California, mm-hmm. and the mom, for whatever, I'm not gonna. We don't need to go into the mom, yeah, yeah. but the mom was had some issues, mm-hmm. and so the little girl disappeared, and all the attention was on the mom and the stepdad, maybe having something to do with it. Um, and the family flew out from Colorado where they were living and they started like a, a search center and, and the whole community got really, really caught mm. up in this, this beautiful, wonderful, happy little girl, just how, gone. Um, how old? How, seven. How, seven. Okay. Seven that's when she disappeared. And then her name? Just... Ziana Fairchild. So it's Ziana with an Fairchild. X. Okay. So, um, not long after that, another little girl, very close to the same area, very close to the same physical description, was taken on her way home from school. She was walking home from school, and she managed to escape. She was kept in this guy's car, um, chained to his car, and he was doing horrible things to her, and she was a really strong fighter and she had an opportunity and she took it. He parked his car and went into work and she managed to, he left his keys. She managed to undo her chains, started running across the parking lot right when he was coming out and he saw her and he starts chasing her. This little girl runs in front of a truck. I'm the missing little girl. The guy scoops her up, sees the other guy get in his car, gets the license plate number. Dude's arrested. I have goosebumps already. That's crazy. Dude's arrested, yeah, yeah. right? Wow. So immediately everyone's like, what are the odds of this? Like, yeah. Gotta Maybe he has Ziana. So in those days, you could in, you could interview people in jail like that. Like if if they wanted to talk to you, you just submit this little. I think I have a jailhouse request. You just submit a little fact. I did want to see like that's that prop, a, yeah. because, because oh here it is. So here's um, we want to do that for the show, you know, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. do those. So yeah. So anyway, so um, I think that's the one. I think he denied me seeing him that time, but anyway. Okay. Um, but the very first time he's like, sure. So we're all in line at the jail that night. And I, I think he denied the San Francisco Chronicle and a bunch of people, but he agreed to see me. So I walked in and I said, okay. Um, Why did he agree to see you? Do you who think? knows? Okay. No idea. Just random. Just yeah. probably lucky. random. And yeah, lucky, I guess. And uh, and so I said, he's like, I can't talk about you know the case he was arrested. And I go, that's fine. Let's talk about Ziana Fairchild. Did you, did you take her? Where is she? You know, is she alive? And so it became this whole long, drawn out thing with him saying, I know what happened to her. Be patient. I will let. I will tell you. Right now, I can't say anything, but I'm going to tell you what happened. And so after a while, I said, I don't believe you. I think you just want the attention. I think you just like having a visitor. Right. I think you're full of shit. Like, give me proof. Um, and so it went on for a very, very long time. And it got to the point where he called the newsroom, called Collect, and I talked to him on the phone. Um, he'd write me. These, these are all letter, some of the letters he wrote me and some of the weird stuff he'd say. But meanwhile, I became very close with the grandma and the aunt who mm-hmm. had been raising Ziana. And at one point, Stephanie Kalakulu is the, the aunt. I said, Stephanie, he he basically told me he took Ziana tonight. And she's like, yeah, he's been telling me that for a while because she's visiting him too. So we're both working him trying to get mm-hmm. – so we bonded on this – Stephanie and I on this really dark level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept thinking every – Phone call, every letter, every interview, there's, you know, plastic between us is being listened to by the FBI mm-hmm. and the cops. So if I can get him to say something, this is all, you know, helpful. And maybe we can, you know, find her. 
Um, was he, your and I'm sorry to cut no, in, but no, you can't go. Was your was your opinion immediately like this is the fucking guy? Like like you know, even though you were playing with him and saying like I don't believe you, inside were you like this is the fucking guy and I got to get this? I really didn't know. Okay. I really didn't know. Um, I knew he was. I believed he was a killer. I just didn't know if he had taken her. What was he like? Like what what was his physical description and all mm. that? I, he, I see his uh, name was uh, Curtis D. Curtis Anderson. Dean Anderson. Yeah, he was the star of Ma MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> Richard he, Dean um, Anderson. Sorry. Yep. He, oh, I yeah. he um. You know, now I I imagine him and I'm really I think he's really really creepy and like skull like face and everything. But when really honestly when I walked in I was like he's just a dude. Like he's just he's just okay. like a dude. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing like spectacular I'm, I'm just about always... him one one way or the other. He's just like he's got you know he's just I don't know he he didn't stand out yeah um, as anything like okay. But as I got to know him and I saw you know his gestures and stuff, he became super creepy. Mm -hmm. And the things he told me like um, he started talking about some weird stuff, and I said, "Gosh, the way you're talking, you 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 sound like you've been." doing things like this for years and he's like what do you mean I was like you know sound and so he held up he got a little piece he's not supposed to have paper pen he got a little piece of paper and he wrote on it and then he held it up to the glass and it said 1987 first kidnap first kill and then he took it and wadded up and ate it <laughs> and, and what did your heart like I mean did your I heart was, drop in your stomach yeah, right away because he'd never like said I'm a killer like in the first one and, and he so was I not said, being investigated in that way at all and I said how point? many and he's like oh, a couple dozen or something like that or more than a dozen or something and so then I was like well okay let's talk about that um you know while we're talking about all these other things and so he like this is he had me bring a map and was telling me where some of the bodies were, which nothing ever panned out. Like I would give this to the cops, and nothing ever panned out um, with that kind of so stuff. So these circled spots, Apparently like this, is where, where he said, were, okay, like yeah, where some of his people. bodies were. But he, you know, he basically described in depth how he would prey on kids, what would make him, what would make him choose a kid over another, how he would. Do you mind sharing that stuff, or is it too? Yeah. I mean, this is a long, long time ago, and honestly, I don't really think about it anymore. But I'm, I'm, but, I'm just curious, like what? But like, this is something he would say. He'd say, you know what? I'd go to these <clears throat> kids, and I'd see the ones who maybe were poor and wouldn't have who are more vulnerable, right? And I'd say, you want to get McDonald's or you want to go to Disneyland? And he goes, I'd offer them things and talk to them in ways that like they're not getting from their parents. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Kind you can see. I, I mean, that. I mean, anyone can see um, that though, and and yeah, and everybody yeah, understands yeah. that. You yeah, you can no, identify that to, stuff. I, you know, he gave more details, but that was basically that. And he would. And the thing that was so creepy is that he would say things that I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." And like, "What? I just agreed with the fucking yeah, monster." Yeah, yeah. Like he'd say things like this. Like kids can. Kids are smarter than you think. Or he'd say these generalities about kids. Kids know what they want. And, and so on one level, I'm like, "Oh yeah." And yeah, of course like, they whoa, do. But then. Whoa, 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 the context you're saying yeah. is fucking but way it's worse. it's horrible to even agree with him on the slightest yeah. thing, you know, and like, and him, like some of the things him saying made making sense were just like, whoa, I hate, I hate that that little thing makes sense because nothing yes. in your world yeah. should make sense and to me at all. Did you feel like he was just trying to like work you over or? Oh like, yeah. Was he attracted to you? I don't Well, no, you clue, weren't seven. But right. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. But. Stephanie, like he would do, he played with her head way worse. Like he'd say, wear your white shirt and I'll tell you what, you know, right. where Ziana yeah. is and stuff. Like right. he, 
and she is beautiful and petite um, and maybe, you know, more his type, as uh -huh. awful as that is. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. She's no, Hawaiian I get it. and long, beautiful black hair, and 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 so he really she gave her beautiful. horrible. <laughs> she's yeah, no. a horrible Single? time. Yeah. Like he gave, yeah, I think she is. Um, okay. she, he gave her a horrible time, um, and he really, really played with her. Like for me, I could keep it like this. It wasn't mm. my daughter right. that he had. She probably even connected herself to the kid, more, <laughs> right? Like I mean, had a real, uh, you know, if she's Hawaiian as well. No, no, no. It was, like, she, did she it feel? Was her, it was her daughter. Like, she right. it was her daughter. Right. Um, so anyway, so yeah, he didn't really play that stuff with me, but he did with her. Um, but he did like the attention, and I, I wrote, I think it's this article, but um, there's a pull quote in it, or the, somebody says I interviewed like a FBI profiler, and I interviewed. Um, an, uh, a criminologist and and this is a very mocking story it's like starts out his world is an eight by ten foot jail cell where he directs the action like a filmmaker he is starry-eyed from the headlines about him it makes him feel 10 feet tall that's the beginning of my story yeah yeah and then they called him he thinks he's the poster boy for evil he was furious about this article and uh and i remember i think one of the letters that i gave you he says something like Am I still the poster boy for evil? He was. He goes. Those guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And so I was gonna really, say this, but I liked. I liked provoking him because I yeah. thought if I provoke him, then what's he gonna say? Right. Yeah. He's more likely so to I, make so a mistake. Yeah. Or... This one though, that article. He uh, like here, the kidnapper playing games to get attention. Experts say. So he was not happy with that. So yeah, I would play with that. Like you're just, you just like the attention. I don't give me proof. Give me proof that you took her. Um, this is so much a fucking movie. Like, it's like, I feel like I've already seen this movie. Right. You know, like, I well, mean, it's was it surreal to you at the time? Yeah. I mean, it had yeah. to be. Yeah, and I didn't handle it well. Like I said, um, I would go home and drink and drink to handle the, to handle yeah. it. Because I was immersed in a really ugly, dirty, scary underworld. And I'm sure he was. And it was my whole life at that time. Um, by being immersed in the world. So I guess I want to back up on a couple yeah. things. I ask the details not to be exploitative, but yeah. more to let people know what you're going through more so. Oh, okay. So, so when he, you know, to, to really, to true, you know, as I say, when it's like firefighters and stuff, like it's not heroic if they don't know what you're really going through, you know, in a sense. So when he's telling you the details of things he did, like, is he telling you sexual details and like, like breaking it down in that way? Like, is it that specific? Uh, I'm trying to think how graphic he got. Basically, you know, he would he would talk about like once you've killed, once you've like orgasm when you're killing someone, like you, there's right. the ultimate high. Like I don't know like how graphic he went. I mean, he That's wouldn't pretty graphic. But I mean, he wouldn't like. <laughs> it wasn't like um, I don't know. Like I don't think he would actually go into detail. I did this and I did that. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. he. He would basically say that that the that they liked what he did, basically. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think he ever got really graphic like that. I mean, um, just saying they liked what he did. Or like yeah, I mean it was like, like intimating that mm -hmm. it, it is just specific. is so fucking like it's gross. put it's this like, motherfucker to death right now. Like yeah, I can't yeah, even yeah. He's Oh my he's god. Dead, so it might be this might be too far, but how <laughs> did like was he did he like stab People? Did he strangle people? Did he shoot? Like, yeah, he I, I think that's them? valid. Like, what was his mode, or yeah, like, like what was his? 
I think he strangled them. Strangled? If I remember correctly, <sighs> yeah. I think that's what he I ended up saying. I wish I had an asked that question now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's or what he ended up yeah. saying was he strangled people. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm attracted to dark stuff or whatever, but that that that's is a level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the second you can think of the, the you know, the specific kids people. Involved, like even the cops will say, it ruins like everything. I covered that, that shooting of the kids in the front yard in the snow the other day. I'm not even going to wear that. Oh, yeah. dad shows up and kills the kids in the front yard. As Great, dad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, God, I'm so sick and, of hearing that and shit. I, I yeah. have a good relationship with the Minneapolis um, public information officer, and he gets on the phone, and I get done talking. I go, you know what, John? I said, I have never heard you like this upset before. And he's like, it's, you know, it's kids. Like, yeah. even the most... He's not a cop, but he deals with that stuff. Yep. But when you're, you know, when you're hardened, the, the kids will break anyone down. Anything mm -hmm. with kids, it's like, all we've right, had a, done. We've I had a bunch of it. that on this show. Yeah. And it's like the military That's guys, the the everything. It's just, yep. oh, yeah. It's it's just brutal. We've one. had brutal, brutal ones. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what, boy, um, are you to a point where there's anything that you, oh, hang on. I should stick with the guy. I'm sorry. Um, I'm too, it's all it's too fucking. Show. No, 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 no. I, I want to hear about this guy because it is your story. Cause I heard a little bit about it beforehand. Oh, and, yeah. and, and as you unfold this now, it's like, this is such a fucking movie. I, I almost can't believe it wasn't optioned at some point that oh. your book hasn't been or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. So, because he went on to start communicating with you with the the charts or whatever the oh yeah kind of thing yeah too. yeah so he um this in jail like he knew people were listening so he developed this little code where he would talk to which me, we'll right? have an image on yeah, our so website it, it, and it on the broadcast like it's a little chart and he would tell me things through the chart or whatever i mean it seems really corny now because but. so it's just and and like it's a simple alphabet grid kind yes, of thing yes and he would just what you'd ask him what like where the child's buried or, or something what, and then he'd the spell it interviewing you's name oh that'd be eight two oh that's a g you know? okay and yeah, then yeah like and then seven one that's an a yeah eight one b you know and so then i'd have to write it down and and yeah. then so you must have felt a real responsibility to even you know whether you believed it or not like okay if he did tell you to wear um a leopard bra and a fucking white see-through shirt in a sense, you're compelled to do that to keep him talking, I would think, or not? I, I mean, did no, you feel that responsibility, I feel, though? I, no, I mean, I, I didn't feel like he could tell me what to do. Like, I like I said, I liked I liked provoking him and confronting yeah. him. Um, to see, you know, I didn't, I never felt like I have to be nice to him for him to keep talking. Or I can't piss him off for him to keep talking. However... I did have to keep going and listening to him and acting interested in what he had to say and not showing like how disgusted I was yeah. or how I just hated him. Like mm -hmm. I, that's, it's not that I was like friendly to him or smiling, mm -hmm. but I was trying to hide like, yeah, saying, you're contempt, you are a sick just fucker. Utter, yeah, like, yeah. You're a sick fucker. You know, I yeah. just be like, and so that is how I, that's why I say I felt like I sold my soul a bit. Cause it's like, I'm sitting here and I'm getting all this, like just, nasty like ugly stuff and i'm just taking it all in it's like having a conversation with tevin it. <laughs> yeah, it's just every time <laughs> what what, so, uh, yeah. what was, was there do you feel like do you feel like he was playing a role like in his own head in oh, a big way yeah. like i mean just oh, yeah 
And oh, yeah. He was a total megalomaniac. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And he it must have been so, so hard smart. to see. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, to so see him snicker. And... He would say that all the time. He would, he would say, like, I'm smarter than them. They'll never find out. I've been doing this for 20 years. They've never caught me. And, I'm, and, and, that, and so that's why I got all these experts to be like, uh, you're just an idiot, dude. Right. Seriously. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a killer. The fact that you're talking. You're a killer, but you're an idiot. Right. You know, and so, yeah. I mean, that's that's probably why this is probably one of the few newspaper articles I kept from that whole time. It's just like. What did he end sh- up? Um, like, how did it wash out? Okay, I guess. So the way it yeah, washed was out just... was um, I left that job before he was ever convicted. Well, they found Zion's body. They found her skull, actually, was all they found. Um, how did that happen? Somebody found it driving the dog. Really? Maybe I think a dog found it. Okay, it wasn't from clues. It wasn't no, from anything. No, like it just, just random. Yeah. And then they and then they found out it was in an area where he used to have a airport luggage delivery route, like up in some mountains um, or some hills. And so then they were trying to get evidence to convict him for that because he was convicted of the first kidnapping, and. He eventually was convicted of kidnapping and killing Ziana. And then he was in San Quentin at 39 years old. I'm thinking at 39 years old. And he died of natural causes in prison. Mm, pulling Epstein. At 39? At 39. I love I it. I fucking love that. If there's anything like we've had a lot of prison stories and I'm also mm. obsessed with like prison culture. <laughs> and um, we've had a fucking, whoa, we've had a couple doozies. But um yeah. And I hate prison. Like, I think it's a horrible part of our country in a way. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I do appreciate is that sort of when the when we rise up to uh, transcend the justice system, kind of like yeah. I kind of when it's like, no, yeah. no, no, this motherfucker needs to be erased. There are a certain yeah. amount of people right. that we don't need on this planet. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not actually a big death death uh, penalty supporter. Like, yeah. like, I don't think we should do it. But in that case, but you're all for it. I love the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I love like when it's irrefutable mm-hmm. that that we take care of it in yeah. a sense. I mean, I don't know for sure. Like this is way past me being there. But when I heard that, I was like, huh, OK. Were you still there? So did you get involved with the fa- – because you said you, you got very involved and very like, you know, into it. Well, that's where I had no boundaries. You talk about like with the police. I was OK with the police and boundaries. Me getting attached to that story, that family, that mm-hmm. whole thing. I was way in it, and that's why I was drinking a lot, and that's why I was a total. Were you going and like where you get info from him, and then you're talking to the family? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would spend, I would spend my days with them. I mean, one one thing, it started out with my boss saying, um, "Go to Vallejo and stay there all day until you have a story on this." I mean, it was a giant story, so that was how I spent all my days. And so I got to the point where I'm hanging out at the volunteer center with the grandma and the mom and like becoming a part of their life. And there was no, it was no boundaries. I mean, it was not, it was probably bad journalism to do that, but it was where I was at at the time. And I'm still I don't think like, that is like, like, I mean, in a way, I think that is what you have to do at certain yeah. times. Like there's certain jobs like, yes, yeah, objectively, yeah. Yeah. You're not objective, and that's not good journalism. Yeah. But for that story, yeah. that's doing what you need to do. Yeah, I, think. I mean, it was yeah, and I'm still um, uh, friends and in touch with, like I said, with Stephanie. Like we, we realize like we have this 
crazy thing where we both sat and talked to that guy face to face and no one else can know how awful that feels inside and that how we carried that around for so long. And so we, I, I, I'm not. Stephanie is the other journalist. No, she's she's the mom. mom. I didn't get that the first time. I'm sorry. She's the aunt who raised. So the fucking aunt is sitting with the killer with her. Her yeah. child's killer, essentially. Yes. I was that was that's lost the, on that's me. I'm the sorry. Hawaiian, beautiful. Yes, yes. yes. Her, I thought it was the other journalist who no, was saying no, it was no. pretty. No, it's it's. I wouldn't have made the uh, attractive. Co- oh God, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm I misread that. Um, that is fucking awful. Yes. To no, think she, that she's sitting no, she, talking to that guy and he was playing is, with her. And you know what? I am still in touch with her every day, and she is this beacon of hope and like love and like I mean I just I am in so I'm in awe of her but she did we did and I'm not I'm not promoting this book but we wrote a book together and Mm -hmm. it was the best thing that could have possibly happened is she said I wrote that book and and I can stop thinking about yeah catharsis or or whatever uh, to purge it and and that's kind of what we did it's like okay let it go yeah. Go get him out of our heads. He has no power anymore. So. Yeah. But we share that. Really was there dark a moment bond. within that where you where you knew you're too far in, like you know, or or something where maybe yeah, your editor absolutely. had to pull you aside and say like, hey, this is getting. No, they didn't care. Like I had this editor. <laughs> they didn't care. I had this editor who basically was like the Chronicle, who had like six reporters on it, big bigger paper, our competition, yes. but bigger paper, bigger resources, bigger everything. He's like the Chronicle's beating you on this story. If you don't um, step up your game, you basically— That's a level of competition they would— Oh, me alone against them. And right. He, and he, he, was such, he was a dick. But anyway, um, and he what said— an absurd— and, yeah. and he was like— Chronicle's you, kicking your ass, Belk. And, and, yeah, and um, if you don't up your game, you're going to get moved to the smaller paper if you don't get— yeah, so they didn't care. He's, I was he's an asshole, but I love how like what a hard boiled fucking editor yeah. dude like Ugh. like you had to work with. Like, well, did he always have that's like? It's fine that he said that, but the worst part was he's told me that in a little closed room, and he's like, and if word gets out that we had this conversation, then I'll hear about it. And yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, that's abuse of power, dude. But anyway, so yeah. um, no, uh, what happened to me where I realized it was too far was I was away from the story, had a baby. And I had a baby in Oakland, and I was like, oh, so I'm going to go interview this other guy who killed someone else or do this. I'm going to go look at these dead bodies, and then I'm going to go home this cute little baby. Mm-hmm. Like, this innocence. And I told my husband, I'm like, I can't do this right now. Yes. I can't do it. I can't reconcile this innocent baby with this super dark life I've been living. I need to do something different. And so we moved here where he's from. And I— Thought it was all behind me. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I had this really fun reporting career, and now I'm a mom, and and I had two little girls, mm-hmm. and they're playing in the backyard, and I'm in a safe neighborhood, and I have to listen to them at all times. Like they're in the fence backyard, and I'm like, oh, can I hear them? Are they there? Yes. Is everything okay? Right. I'm calling their names, and I realize, oh my gosh, I'm really screwed up from this. I'm really messed yes. up, and I didn't even really realize it until now. Um, so that's when it hit me, like, yeah, that's right. not normal. Is that a lifelong effect? You yes, know, yeah, that's not your normal. job. There's not a lot of jobs that it gives you a lifelong effect like yeah, that. You yeah, know? but I did. I, you know, As I, someone who sold furniture, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, that was more traumatic. Than but I wrote about it, and that was my form of therapy. So I'm a little bit, a little bit better now. And, but and I don't mind promoting your book. No, normally, no, no, it's it's fine. normally I mean, we say no way, but hang no, on. No, I don't need to. I don't necessarily need to. Yeah, that. No, she, 
Which well, one? I have two right. books. This one's a fictionalized account, and this one's the one with Stephanie. Okay. Ste Stephanie's this story. Yeah, Stephanie's Letters story, from so. a Serial Killer. Yeah, but but that's... Christy Bella Camino. But I can tell you something else. <laughs> that's my Larry that, King thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Something else weird that happened which um, because of this. So I, after my first book came out, I was going to a big conference, and I was doing this breakfast with readers. And you're supposed to make little goodie bags to pass out to, like... 30 or 50 readers mm -hmm. like here I'm Christy and I had like a little card with my book and had a little piece of Ghirardelli chocolate because it's from San Francisco and I'm like mm. oh I know it's going to be fun they're all mystery readers I'll I'll put in these copies of these letters from the serial killer because it ties into my book yes so I'm like oh okay so I'm folding what a cute up thing I know right <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna love it's it this is so right, fun right. and uh and my and I thought well I'm gonna stuff these bags when my daughter gets home from school and she's having snack at the table and I'll just keep stuffing these plastic bags um, as a, like a mindless task while we're, while I'm talking to her. So mm -hmm. she comes home and she's like this and her head's kind of down and I'm like, Oh, what's wrong? She's like, I, I was at the library and she's in middle school and I, I got this book and I started reading and it was really like upsetting. And I was like, Oh, well, what was it about? And she's like, well, it was told from this girl's point of view and she's in heaven and there was this guy and he put her in a hole and, and it was like, this, my, my Lovely Bones, have you guys heard of that book? Yes. Okay, so adults are like, fuck that book, I'm not reading that book. Mm -hmm. It's so disturbing. Like right. this guy who kidnaps kids and puts them in yes. a hole in the ground, right? And so she starts telling me this, and I'm looking up on the my- The Lovely Bones? The Lovely Bones, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm yeah, looking okay. up on my bookshelf, like looking for the blue spine. I'm like, oh crap, I think I have that. But she's telling me about it, and I'm like, honey, I said, what'd you do? And she's like, well, I quit reading it. And I'm like, oh good, that's really smart. As soon as it upset you, I'm glad you self-censored and you quit reading it. And she's like, yeah, and I said, well, um, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said, I'm glad you stopped reading it. Oh, this is what I said. Um, some adults think that book's disturbing. Don't feel bad that you didn't want to read it. I mean, I'm glad that you realize it's not for you. Yeah. It upsets, I'm glad you it wanted to put the brakes adult. on. It, yeah, it yeah. upsets adults. Adults will not read that in a million years. So, so you're totally cool. But then we're sitting at the table and she's like, oh, okay. And she kind of felt better after she told me about it. And we're, she's having a snack and I'm stuffing these things in. And right. I realized like I'm it was such an awkward moment because I remember when she was on my lap telling me this and I'm thinking I'm looking over there and I'm thinking what a normal parent would do would be like honey it's just a book you don't have to mm. be upset about it like yeah there's you know because that is a fiction book yes yes and I'm thinking okay I'm stuffing letters into a bag from a guy who kidnaps and kills little mm -hmm. girls how can i possibly tell my daughter just that that's not that's just a story that that's yeah, not yeah. real i mean the monsters are real and i'm and just the whole poignancy of that moment like her reading this book and me trying to comfort her and me not really knowing what to say and meanwhile i'm holding a letter in my hand i'm holding 50 letters in my hand from a guy who did that and it was just like Bam. And like it was so, it gives me goosebumps. It was so bizarre. Because essentially what she's scared of, you're getting ready to hand out to people. And profit from. And I've, no, and I've seen it, and yeah, I've yeah. Seen right, it in yeah. real life. Yes. Like, and I've dealt with it in real life, and it was just like, wow. Okay. And, and, and any bizarre. parent goes through, like I've had things where you just, whether it's climate change, like something as inane as that, or not that that's inane, but you know, yeah, like whatever, yeah. it's something that you can't. You can't gloss over. You can't make help, help but every now and then go yeah. like, "What kind of fucking world did I bring this child into?" Yeah. Oh yeah. And you had a front row seat 
for that, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, yeah, it's... And still want to do it, you and selfish my, and my asshole. Kids, <laughs> <laughs> and my kids know, like, since they were little, it's like, okay, so I don't really want to tell you guys this, but I'm going to tell you, you have to listen to your gut instinct because this little girl who was kidnapped coming home from school, she saw him get out of his car and she thought, I should cross the street. But no, that'd be embarrassing to cross mm -hmm. the street because he just got out of his car and she would have crossed the street. He couldn't have grabbed her. And so I tried it. And I, so my kids knew from a young age, like mom's fucked up. Bad. Is there a way that the job is like, that you feel like it distinctly changed you? You know, like, I mean, you sort of described it there. Like you're a little bit more, Hey, that's what, you know. In a good know. way, surprisingly. And that is that I truly believe that I, I'm very aware of the fragility of life mm -hmm. and that I really don't take a lot of things for granted. Like I'm, I see and even continuing to be a reporter now, it's like, oh my gosh, this terrible thing happened. And it's a reminder that I need to be very grateful and live every moment. And I'm, I'm more aware of what I have to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. um, so in all in positive ways, because when you're seeing terrible things happen to people all the time, um, you start just really appreciating the good things more. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I'm really like more mindful. Oh, for sure. I guess. Yeah. So. Do you believe that people are born evil from your jet? Like, I mean, has that influenced yeah. how you, you know, I spent most of the time when I was interviewing this guy or talking to him or writing letters, really, really, really trying to figure out what made him the way he was. Yeah. I kept saying like, Okay, how about your parents? Like, what was your childhood like? Like, mm -hmm. what? And, and so it became this whole effort. Like, what would make someone turn out this way? Mm -hmm. And I never could find anything concrete that explained it, ever. Even like talking to criminologists, like they never never gave you a parallel explanation or whatever. No. Like, yeah. No. As a matter of fact, I think a couple of my interviews with the criminologists, they're just like. Mm. You know, right. um, we don't fucking so, know really. I just kind of so have I the guess, job. I guess maybe I think I don't know. Born evil. I don't know. I I mean that's that's a big question, and yeah. and that and I never could get an answer. I mean maybe yeah. there was something he didn't share with me, but he talked about this really normal childhood and playing little league and all this stuff and. Yeah, I don't know. Do you believe it? so? That's a big question. Because you, uh, good question. Big almost question. Almost the only ones I ask, but uh, <laughs> what um, did you do? You have the belief? Are you more attuned to you know you're dealing with awful criminals very often and seeing them and talking to them in jails? I would imagine. Do you feel like it has tuned you in more or trust your gut more? Like when you see someone who seems like that guy, like seems like a shady motherfucker. To believe it? Uh, you know, I don't really do that much anymore. You know, I did that when I was in the Bay Area, like that more one-on-one yeah. con contact. But um, I think, like, I I don't know if that helped. Like, I think I've always had that, like, good mm -hmm. intuition about people. Um, and I always have trusted my gut. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband always... Even I trust your gut. My husband always <laughs> likes people until they give him a reason not to. And I tend mm. to be, like, suspicious until oh, they yeah. give a reason right. not Me to. Too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I'm like that, too. So, or I just get a vibe. And like, yeah, fuck you, that I guy. definitely get a vibe. And then my husband mm -hmm. will be like, oh, you were right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. When are you going to learn? It's been 27 years, dude. You got to believe me now. I know. Um, <laughs> all right. So... Do you want to do Facebook questions? Absolutely. Oh, Let's fun. do that. So... We'll go dive right into them. Joe Bremer wants to know, have you ever received threats after you post a story from either the police or victims? 
Um, yeah. Good so, question, Joe. Sorry. So I did get, I, I think we talked about earlier, I got a Hell's Angel called me while I was the only one in the newsroom mm. on a Saturday in Monterey. And he didn't necessarily threaten me, but he was like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about and don't write another article about us again or something. It was about mm. like how they made some bodies disappear. But yeah. but the other one was, is I was writing about a guy who has a longtime suspect in another missing girls case and he'd hang out at like the grave and do all kinds of weird stuff. So I wrote about him. Hang out at the grave? The graves of like dead girls and stuff like graves graves no cemeteries shit. no yeah. no no i get really, it i'm just really in awe that that's weird yeah. dude right so um yeah not he, a normal they wrote a couple do. books people have written books about him because he's mm. been this long time suspect so i wrote about him and he sent me an email pretty much the same thing like you don't know what the hell you're talking about i, I was fucking I relaxing you fucking bitch sitting <laughs> at the grave like whatever like and he said i wish i knew where you lived because i'd come and vomit on your front porch Jesus. disgustedly timothy bidner i don't mind saying his name i am not afraid of <laughs> the know, dude timothy he is like really so, so that's he, how i know he he's a murderer around. to say that vomiting is <laughs> like <laughs> so he drove like this everyone knew he drove like this truck and he wore like <laughs> this red cowboy hat and i a cowboy hat baseball hat yeah. and i that'd be a red cowboy i, I was gonna say like, that's what i was like holy yeah, shit you're really you're out better. of control so he um he, i swear <laughs> i came home one night and he was parked outside my apartment so that was like that was kind of creepy are you wow. serious did yeah. you call the police and say like hey this guy's out here he's gonna hurt me or you're just like god oh, this is fucking timid i just once i was in my apartment i was like oh okay are you, hold him. on Shh. you were that indifferent to that I was kind of I was, I was freaked out but i didn't call the police yeah how seasoned into Why your not? career were you at this point like is this like? Because I feel like if this was day one, I'd freak out. But if it's like, it was a okay, couple years. I don't know. See, are you a, a violent person? Like, like I mean, are you like? Do you, you have that capability? I, okay, that I was freaked out enough that I was this close to going to the sheriff that I used to have dinner with and say, um, at the time, like the sheriff granted your permit to carry. Oh, you said let me and borrow your pistol. I, no, I was gonna say, can you give can me I, a, yeah. a carry concealed permit? Like fast permit? track that, yeah. And I was going to go to him. And then I think like it kind of blew over. I never heard from him or saw him again. So I didn't do it. Timothy but, Bidner. But, yeah, but at the time, there's a book about him called Stalemate. But at the time, I remember like that was my reaction. Like, you know what? I'm gonna get a gun. I'm gonna get mm. a gun because I, this guy go is Go put like, it in his mouth. But yep. here's the thing I have to say about him and about Curtis Dean Anderson. I think that they are afraid of adults, grown yes. women. Like, yeah. you know, they're uh, they're preying on children for a reason. So yeah. we like, had a therapist in who, who works with like not victims of pedophiles, but the pedophiles, like mm -hmm. a, like a prison therapist. OK. And that's that's exactly what she said, is that they are essentially the reason they gravitate to them is because they're the only ones they can feel comfortable and have power with. Yeah. yeah. So I did feel like. You know, maybe if I confronted him, he'd be afraid of me. You know? um, is Bittner in prison now? Oh, no, no. He he sued, like... What is he accused, accused he, he of He was doing? accused of... He wasn't accused of anything. He was a suspect that the police were looking at in a, several different missing children cases. And there was one detective who basically went to his grave, like, thinking he did it yeah. and didn't. And so I wrote a story saying, like, police have been looking at this guy for years. They never and and whatever I wrote, obviously, um, passed the yeah. passed the libel test. You know, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. true. Yeah, it was yeah. like he right. was These a are suspect. All accusations I never said yeah. like he killed. I was like, the police are looking at him. And that's the fact. And that's the truth. Um, and I think he sued. I think he sued the sheriff's 
office and one I don't know. But whatever. can you say no, your personal belief in this th- thing? Like I, mean, I don't can know. You... Like I don't know. I think he's hinky. Like I don't know. He's, uh, there's something he's off like about he's him, there's something can't... off about him whether he ki- he killed kids or not or whether he's just a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> to me, like to me in my life, especially as you get older, you just kind of see these things where you just go like. That is so subnormal. And, and to, to hang out at Gray's, but then also when he's threatened to show up at your place, like, like yeah. that's yeah. a dude who's fucking done shit. And his email address, like, this was when email was fairly new, and the cops were super excited to find out he had an Child email address. 69, it was yeah. Honor Bright was his email. Honor at Bright? Honor Bright. Oh, Honor Bright. Yeah, like. Honor Bright. What does that mean? I don't know. But is that? But it's weird. weird. No, it's weird. It's weird. Like out of all of them, it's not like he got denied on his. He didn't get denied on his first. Like there wasn't a bunch of Timothy Bideners that were taken already. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, so So, yeah, no, there's been. Fuck you, Bidener. So uh, then we'll go to uh, Hangover Candle Company and Joy Piamonte. They uh, say that it seems like you're driven by doing good, but do you find that the police, fire department, and EMTs dislike the media? You know there, there are some. who do dislike the media and there's some who don't, it just depends. Like there's, and just like there's some cops I like and some cops I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's initial suspicion of media at first. There's that relationship between cops and reporters. That's a little bit adversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always try to diffuse that. I always try to get to know people first um, and let them know, like, listen, we're both doing our jobs. I'm not going to screw you over. If you say it's off the record, it's off the record. I mm-hmm. will stand by my word. Um, they can trust me. Like, I'll say, hey, give me a feel for this. Like, there's a dead body. Is this a homicide? Like, I need to know how to prioritize this. And yeah. they trust me. Like, they're not. if they tell me it's a homicide, I'm not going to rush and put it in the paper. Mm-hmm. They know I'm trying to find out. I mean, it's all about trust. It's all about yeah. trust. Um, have they ever... Can you give an example of off-the-record info you got. Like, like not mm-hmm. saying the thing, but, you know, like, maybe, like... Oh, yeah. You know, like, anything really intense ever where you're kind of like, oh, my God, like... Well, there was one story that went really, really bad, but the first... The other one was um, the sher- sheriff's deputies ran the morgue. They were the ones who went to pick up the dead bodies, and they slept overnight, and they were there at the morgue. And my best source was a morgue source. He was a sheriff's deputy who worked there, and so he would call me up, all the time and like one time the best one that I remember was he's like hey there's a body in Civic Park he's like wait a few minutes before you leave because otherwise you're going to beat the homicide detectives there and I was like so I felt like super plugged in I'm like mm-hmm. dude like I'm going to get there before the homicide detectives so um, but it was a matter of trust like he knew I would never give him up but the one that went bad was there was a woman who was taking a walk in a suburban area at a trail around her work building. Everyone went and walked at lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was uh, yanked off the path, raped and murdered. Middle of the day, lunchtime in the suburban Jeez. area. Not at lunch. And the police were looking around that area for people who lived in that, in, right around that particular suburban area. And they honed in on this guy who was mentally ill. And they went to his house and they served a search warrant and they took like the inside of his washing machine all that well one of my cop sources was like this we got a search warrant i mean they had enough evidence to get a search warrant to go mm-hmm. we pulled right. his what and then he gave me the search warrant information so we it almost makes me want like me sick right now to tell this story this is like this is the bad story that i have to mm-hmm. tell this is the one um that i regret so front page story police are investigating this guy for this horrible crime for this horrible crime yeah. 
Well, oh, and the other part was, I'm sorry, he had killed himself two days afterward. He jumped, oh. off, the, he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. After, after your story had No, no, thank God. Oh, or... thank God. Did you get the sign of the cross? Yeah, yeah. No, after the woman was murdered, okay. he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yep. So they're like all over this guy. Yeah. And I got it off the record and I went and got the search warrant and I did it all on my own. Like sources say like nothing from the police department. Mm -hmm. all from my really, really plugged-in source. And they were after this guy. Front page story. Well, he didn't do it. And I had to like, go. Like, confirm, like you I just knew. To, they found, they found the it was a guy. drifter. It was a drifter who did yeah. it. And so I had to go and talk to the guy's dad about my front page story. Oh, my. And hold how, on. Why? So why did you have to go talk to the dad? Because he was mortified that his son's memory was splashed all over the page as a rapist and a yeah. killer. Even though it was true, even though the police were all over that, mm -hmm. all over that guy, mm -hmm. they were convinced he was yeah. the one. You didn't and publish just, a story saying he did it. No, you know, it like, was like, he was just, the, he's yeah, a suspect. what's going on? You can't hide from your, your And it just makes me sick to my stomach that that poor father, mm -hmm. like that that was what happened. Um, and it was a good source it was a good tip it was good information but it was wrong and i'm guessing and you I felt bad because you did believe it inside like you know whether the article bad. said no, it i felt bad because okay. it was all over it was on the front page of the paper yeah yeah and it was his son and his son was innocent and you know the cops said he did it and i put and i put that out there for everyone and, to see so i went to like i went to like victim advocate meetings with the dad and stuff like i really atoned for that because i felt Awful. I went to yeah. like mental illness well, good for things, you. Yeah. suicide and, thing, and you know it was horrible. I just like that's the one story that I'm just like, why did why that, did that happen? And in that situation, why did I do? And that? in that situation, especially nowadays, where people say like, oh, the media just wants to be first. Like, did <sighs> it where you feel that like you didn't necessarily you could have waited a little bit longer to get more information, or did you actually feel that? You had everything you needed to put that story. I out. felt really solid on that story because I was talking to someone in homicide. You know, why did you feel so bad then? Like, like, you know, I mean, really, because you did your job with the evidence you had. And I mean, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't have. I'm just asking. I, do, like, I don't I still feel bad to this day about that story. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not because you had your mind made like, up. Maybe if the dad would have been like, yeah, I get it. You were doing your job. But the dad was devastated yeah. by it. Mm. And like, I can't get over that, you know. To have to have an effect on on on, on anyone in that life. way is yeah, fucking to have horrible. Have a negative effect like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good of you that, that you even wanted to to do that extra stuff. I yeah. would have just um, run from it. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's my method. But under the rug. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of sweeping things under the rug, Brian Gerber. Get a new job. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Gerber wants to know: um, Were you ever in a situation where you were legitimately scared for your safety? Bidner. Not really. Um. I'm trying to think if I was legitimately scared. I'm sure there was. I wish I could remember a particular instance. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. I, 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 I can't remember one that stands out okay. enough to be like, yeah, I was. Oh, okay. yeah, no, there were no ones problems. where I was like, okay, this it's, is a little bit iffy. About, Maybe I shouldn't be here. How about Brian it's, asked a terrible question? No, it was a great question, fault. Brian. Sorry. How about this? So, so this is something with our with our podcast that we've talked about and kind of done it in different ways, but you know, there's been times where I've been like, you know, where you kind of know of a crime figure in town and you go like, I kind of want to reach out and just see if I can get them on the show and do that. Oh, yeah. And, but that reach out, if you don't have an intermediary is mm -hmm. very difficult. 
Mm-hmm. Did you ever have to put yourself in that situation where you go, I'm going to do this gang thing like you talked about. Yeah. And I'm just going to walk into that neighborhood and find someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would do that. I would Wait, totally do that. No, no, no. Like you would walk. Like I know that such and such MS-13 gang is here. I'm just going to walk around and just see if people want to tell me stuff. Or not yeah. like tell, but like just making new friends in the gang territory. I'm not. I, you know what? Here's God, you're the a thing. fucking gangster. Jesus. No, here's I would the not thing. Do you're a here's fucking the thing. gangster. Like if you talk to cops and you talk to the criminals, it's like you're doing your job. I'm doing mine. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like if somebody gets arrested for something, the 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 guy who's arrested isn't going to be like, dude, I'm going to kill you for doing that. They're like, yeah, yeah, you got you got me, dude. You're doing your job. I'm doing mine. But here's the thing. There's no reason for a gang member to like. I'm a reporter. Hey. Tell me your story. You don't want to talk? That's fine too. Like they can be a little intimidating, but why would they like hurt me for that? Like yeah, because like, because you're trying to bring from, attention to yeah. what they're, you're they're from doing. A, they're doing you're illegal shit. From a position of logic, eh. where a lot of times like you have gang to members are more reactionary. I was in this logical. neighborhood in L.A. and I'd be like, okay, I need to walk down to the store to buy my cigarettes. I'm going by the gang house, so I'd be walking mm. down to the convenience store, and they'd all be on their porch, and they're all like, you know. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey, Faith, Laka. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Hey. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, they're not coming out to do anything to me. They're right. just talking to me. And here's the thing. My um, roommate, one of my roommates was um, Latino. He, he was the one they would harass. I was like, you know, they never, they would not harass me. They'd be like, who are you with? You know, yeah. like that to him. Right. Like with me, it's like, oh, she's just some stupid girl. Just I like, learned that like, buying drugs in Los Angeles. Because yeah, you don't look like the necessarily their rival gang. Yeah, they're just like, oh, we'll just through. say some shit to her. It's fine. They like, just I never know how to interact with us. Yeah. I'll never felt threatened by it. Well, nice. Um, Sadie Meisner Fisher would like to know, have you ever helped solve a case by discovering something that the police didn't know yet? Great hmm. question. That is a great, great question, is a which great is one that question. I had on the list that I didn't ask. <laughs> Sadie. Um, did I help solve one? Um, the closest I came to that was I got really into writing about cold cases. So I would um, bring up, I would bring to light unsolved cases that, that the police um, were reopening. But no, there was nothing that I ever actually got that, that solved a case. So oh, that'd okay. be like a book. That'd be a, How about that's yeah, like, that's, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a dream, right? So we had a guy on our show early on um, who was the sex detective. Uh, great, oh, yeah. uh, like really like this mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. but he's the main guy who sets up the stings oh, yeah. in town. So it's just yeah. very interesting to hear like of how they make like if they're looking for underage, how they like misspell the oh, the like yeah. posts and the shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, one of the things he said that I just kicked myself for because it was early on in the show and I was shitty at it. But he said that there was like four thousand native girls have gone missing from Minnesota in the last like twenty years, and that it's wow. like. I'm like, how the fuck is that not front page news? Oh my gosh, everywhere. How is it not? Because he was saying that they, you know, they think a lot of them uh, disappear via the harbor in Duluth because it's a lot from up there. Yep. Wow. So and I just think, like, what an amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically a jurisdiction issue That's and all crazy. that. And, and yeah, I guess, are there stories like that that you're aware of as a reporter that make you crazy? Well, there's one that I just, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like, my husband's always into that. I'm like, nah, nah, I don't believe any of that shit. But the thing that I just can't understand is how come there are always, always college men 
who somehow fall into the river and smiley face dead. killer. The smiley face killer, right? Mm-hmm. Like what? They're, every year, it's, it's, it's what bizarre. I don't understand that. But like you just die. Like they just. I die was the every drunkest year? dude at the University of Minnesota for four you years. Fall in the river and die. Never even went close. What the, like what is up with that? It is so bizarre to I, me. Like you know, I've heard all the know. things. Like I ah, pissing in that the river or whatever. Crazy. No, I it does. It, it, there's there's yeah, dozens true. of them, right? That's true. Because I've been drunk like walking across the bridge over the river and did you just fall in? No, like look. Over, yep. And stuff like that. I've like, done tons of dumb, well, dumb shit. How are all I am these? An athlete, how come so yeah. all these? You have, to, you have to factor that in. So you could like leap over. Oh, he's yeah, got so a I great body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, that one, that one, just every time I hear that, I'm like, that's so weird. Yeah. So weird. I, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna hit you up for contacts probably because I'm so interested in all this now. But <laughs> the, um, we had, I talked to after a comedy show, an FBI profiler, and this is ten years ago. Yeah. And she was an FBI profiler locally. Okay. And I asked her if there's ever like. Someone who you know, you like, is doing shit, but you just can't. You don't have evidence, and she yeah. just said it in a way that was like gave you a shudder. She's like, "Oh yeah," she's like, "There is a guy who's on the Vikings," and she goes, Ooh. "And he is a fucking monster." Um, and so immediately, me and my friends start doing the math. This is ten years ago. This is yeah. Okay. Uh, we've talked about this before. Oh, I just and, want to make sure that everybody picks up this ten years. We're not talking about like right, something right. Currently this is rock. years ago. Okay. And <laughs> we so we oh, immediately yes. do the math because it was like a child thing, like oh. damaging children, and you just go, okay, white guy. So that immediately like limits the roster yeah. to fucking. Yeah. So you're narrowing it down as we start doing it, information. and we landed on someone. And then Tevin had a parallel story of being at a football camp with this guy, and all yeah. the young guys started like, were talking about him on the way out, going like, "Oh, yeah, that guy like, is a fucking once he creep." Said the story like it was where like you my parents, oh my, my parents, God. and like even like the kids were like, "Yeah, that guy was not." Yep, and it yeah. just fought like so. That's that's what I always wonder if or like if you're aware of. You know, one of the things I've asked around to my, because I'll have like kind of street sources and stuff here. Yeah, yeah. So I'll ask around going like, like who's, sources. who's, well, I'm the king of the streets. You know, everyone knows that. And uh, good title. it's just going like, who controls heroin in town or who controls yeah, it? Like, you know, yeah. so as a crime beat reporter, are you aware of certain things that you don't, you know, you can't report on, you can't whatever, but you just know. You know, no. Okay. No, and and partly it's because I'm just not plugged in here. I'm part time. Yeah. Um, um, at the time, I are you in control one, of heroin in Minneapolis? <laughs> <laughs> at the time, there was one. Um, there was one kind of criminal element guy who was, um, into the drug world who was sort of a source with me. I think it was like a DJ or something. And so I would sometimes hit him up for gang stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it till just now when we were talking, but um, but I didn't. You know, I, I would just kind of hit him up for information. Like, what do you know about this? What yeah. do you know about that? Point me in the right direction. But but that was, yeah, I forgot about that guy. How about dirty cops? Oh, and Sorry, before, go ahead. before we get into that, just because that is also what oh. Fergal McGorman wants to know and was my number one question oh, as well. Okay. Was Fergal from Ireland. Yes. I love this guy. Our, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's our international, one and of he's our a, many he, internationals. He's, a, he's the greatest fisherman in all of Ireland, I think. Yes. I love watching oh his gosh. Facebook feed. Yeah, I want him to take me fishing in Ireland. (laughs) That That sounds great. Let's all go. What's the most corrupt thing you What's the most corrupt thing you have discovered from the cops or any of the others? All right, so this is a story that happened before my time, but it's my it's the best corrupt cop story that I know. 
Um, and I was, this is one reason I was texting my friends today. I'm like, what was that story again? Like, it was crazy. And it was before our time at the paper. But there were, there was a band of police officers. And I think it was Oakland cops. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. But it was in the East Bay. And they decided, you know what? We could get away with robbery if we became a little robbery gang. And they were, they were robbers. And it all went south once because one of them made the mistake of taking someone who wasn't supposed to be there hostage and ended up killing her. And so the whole robbery ring was blown out of the water. But yeah, it was so they were cops that were doing it. Do cops like open up to you about other cops since you're like so friendly with them? So That's the hardest thing for them to do, right? Uh no. They don't break that code. Um but as you get to know them, like you, you do hear, you do hear stories, or they might say, "Stay away from that guy," yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like I had, I had one cop who hated my guts, and it's so funny. This other department's like, "Why does he hate you so much?" I'm like, "I don't know." And like every time they bring up the paper, yeah, that Christy Belkman, he hated me. He hated me, and so they'd always warn me about him, um, for whatever reason. But a lot of times, cops would take me under their wings like that. Right along, Richmond is like the worst, worst, worst crime area in the Bay Area and I was going to do a ride-along and I told this other department I'm going on a ride-along on Friday night in Richmond I can't wait it's so exciting yeah and they're like what are they giving you a bulletproof vest I'm like no and they're like come in Bella Camino so, you fucking idiot so, I, I, so, so conquered police departments like we're outfitting you mm -hmm. so I go yeah. into the other police department they give me the bulletproof vest to go on my ride-along with Richmond I knew it was bad because we get I get in the car and the guy's like okay we're going to this call I just want you to know I have an extra gun on my ankle. Holy shit. If you need it, if things get bad, oh. we're going into this situation, and I'm just like, I'm going to die. Well, you realize, I'm like, I'm die. vulnerable here. I'm, I'm not a, yeah. He pulls up, and there's just this gang fight. I mean, it's out of control. And he stops the car, and he's like, I'm going to leave it running. If it gets bad, I want you to get in the driver's seat and get out of here. I'm like, are you fucking kidding right. me? Are you Jesus. kidding me? Like, And yet, how fucking exciting and how, like, truly, like, what a charge you must have got, like, you know? what? Like, he's yeah. telling me, like, where his extra gun is. It was crazy. Yes. So that one was kind of exciting. I would have just gotten the driver's seat and just took off. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, this is already <laughs> this is fucking. Free pass. This I'm redlining already. Well, this, so is what he did. this is what he did that freaked out. He's like, this guy, I got to talk to this guy. He's looking Harry. So he pulls up. So, hi, you're the guy on the street. I'm in the passenger seat. And he rolls out my window. I'm like, dude, oh. all he has to do is like take Fuck a gun and you. shoot me in the head. Like, you go to your side. Yeah. You pull around to your side and talk to him. Don't roll down my window and talk to this guy. It was fine, but I was like, I don't feel safe. This yeah. bulletproof vest isn't going to help my head. No, you yeah. you're giving like, out speeding face. tickets today, and he's telling you where his extra gun is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How do you and then I just have one, one more question. Yeah. The So earlier you talked about how your favorite part was kind of like telling the victim's story. So when you yeah. see reporting done today about victims that maybe doesn't paint them in a positive light or doesn't tell the full story, does that bother you at all? Or did you like sit there and yell at your TV for them not kind of giving the full story? You know, I... I feel like what I see now is so removed from what I was doing that I don't really compare it. Like I, oh, okay. um, and I never, I always was a snob about TV <laughs> because, because here's the thing, they're giving a snippet. Yeah. They're giving a snippet. And I have to say that the TV reporters in Minnesota are pretty dang good. Like I have a lot more respect for TV reporters now. Like they really try to unearth the truth, but, um, yeah, um, how 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 has being a reporter changed? You know, not just in your life, but just seeing from the heyday 
to now, like, do you think anyone in town is getting the same charge that you got back Hell then? No. Or really? No way. No way. Because as soon as I started this job, I realized there's no competition anymore because it's online. Mm -hmm. It would be, you just could not wait to see the other paper in the morning to see if they got the same story you did. You, they got mm -hmm. the same um, details that you did. You would just sit there side by side in the newsroom meetings. Mm -hmm. They'd sit there side by side. Look at what the Chronicle had. Look what we had that they didn't. Like it was all comparison. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so exciting. Like really, it's like playing a so, sport. Like, you would just be like, I beat them. Mm -hmm. They did not have this. I got this. And we would play little games like um, we'd be out at a crime scene, me and the Chronicle reporter who I was always head to head with. And it's like, I'd get a call like, oh, there's another crime over here. And I'm like, mm, going back to the office. See you, Charlie. And it's like, zoom over to this other thing. And he'd show up. I'm like, shit. You know, and like, was there was ever so fuckery fun. between you and the, per like, I mean, where not only did you not tell them, but where they misled you or you misled them ever? Because, I mean, obviously I they put a lot some, of pressure on it. I if think there was respect for each other. Like, it'd be like, oh, shit, she's here looking at the same court records I'm ready to look at or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was more like, I don't think there was anything malicious. Like, there was a right. level of respect on both parts. Yeah. Like, I respected him and he respected me. It feels like a very serious version of, like, the amazing race. Like, running around <laughs> yeah. so trying to find clues and stuff. Like. That's a millennial breaking it down for you. <laughs> Kevin it. Pittman with today's millennial breakdown. Yeah. That's like a show I watch. Yeah. Hey, guys. That was our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And let us know. I love it when people reach out and talk about it and uh, let us know what you want to see more of. We kind of have some old guests that we have access to. We have a bunch of new ones that we're excited about. So always good to hear from you. Um, also on the Patreon, we're going to do a direct call line for our live streams too. So you yep. can kind of get right into the show on those. And then um, I have a show that I neglected to mention that will cut in later, but uh, January 25th, I'm going to be at New Hope Cinema Grill, which uh, sounds like a shithole actually, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun show. <laughs> Another one. Um, uh, we did the show last year and we sold it out and had like a whole bunch of profession confession listeners and it was a blast. And uh, so I would love to see you guys out there. I'm just bringing a bunch of killers with me. So it's going to be a really funny show. So I promise you that no shitty comics before me. If you like big or if you like whatever edgier, edgier fucking, I don't know what to say. If you like comics in Minneapolis and you're near the area, get on out. Come and see us. Patrons getting free. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see you January 25th. <laughs> <laughs>